With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottom and cans turn blue when your beer is cold and that way you know it's time to chill hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, and the band is back together. Joining me, former Minnesota Viking and my longtime radio co-host, Sage Rosenfels. What is up, Sage? Great to see you. From my snowy abode to yours. Hello, Mr. (laughs) Collar. It's been a while. uh, Been off doing other things. You've been doing the same thing, which is covering the Minnesota Vikings, covering other occasional aspects of Minnesota sports, I'm sure, and all sports in general. But in particular, the Vikings, you've been watching a lot of Kirk Cousins. You've been watching the, the offensive line. You've been, you, know, <laughs> you, you are deep diving into it. And it was nice this year to take a step back for me and not have to talk about something that I felt like I, I already knew the answer to. And I knew what the problem was. And yeah. I knew what the, uh, where those struggles are. Because I've seen it consistently now for eight to 10 years and it's not surprised me at the team. What would they end up seven and nine or seven and nine, seven and nine. Um, it's a good division, by the way. I mean, take a green Bay, uh, the, what, you know, what it, I, I really had a great feeling about how Matt LaFleur's offense would make Aaron Rodgers great again. I really did. And I really felt Mike McCarthy, that offense would be hard to play in as a quarterback um it's very quarterback to dependent and if Aaron Rodgers could play in something where he was a part he was the Kirk Cousins of a team um I've seen him make a lot of amazing throws over the years and to, to and, and to watch that the last couple of years and to watch how good he is at some of the things that they do not surprising to me uh that the uh the Packers are have been really dominant the last couple of years since LaFleur's uh, uh arrival so uh, it's been nice to step back and and watch the Vikings from afar, not deep dive on why when the left guard gets beat, the left guard gets beat, it's now second, 16, and that's just the <laughs> way it's going to be. That's just the way it's going to be. 
You know, I couldn't imagine watching Kansas City film regularly and being like, look at this throw. <laughs> right. He makes, you know, and the, I think this is a nine-step drop, mm-hmm. right? He is just dropping back there and, and, and seeing it all. And it's that's so fun to watch. Watching the, the Vikings offense last year was not as fun to watch. And, um, and so, it, yeah, it was, it was nice to do other things. I, I just worked out Ian Book in uh, Jacksonville, Florida for five days physical training, like on the field, footwork, some timing stuff, some thoughts about different things. And then a lot of film work, you know, somewhere between two and really up to like four hours a day of, of film and chalkboard stuff. And him wanting to explain these, you know, running plays and passing plays that he felt good about to, uh, you know, the offensive coordinators, the, the quarterbacks coaches of these senior bowl teams that he is in currently. So I haven't had a ton of chance to watch all of the Ian book throws. When you find that on the world of Reddit and Twitter or whatever, all of Ian <laughs> right. book throws at the senior bowl, there's one of them for day yes. one or a whole bunch of them. I'd love to see how some of the things that he and I had talked about, how, uh, if they affected his game, he's one of those guys who is a very good athlete. He's a good thrower, but he's always sort of had the choppy feet. He sort of has the Peyton Manning feet thing, but he, do- he doesn't have the other aspects of Maine's game. Right. So he could find a little rhythm and, and some different aspects of his game, I think would make him a better player and scramble less. It's nice to have a guy who can scramble. You don't want to have a guy who is mostly scrambling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think he scrambled a lot at, at Notre Dame. So he's a, he's a great kid, good thrower. The football spins it pretty well. And yeah, well, we'll see what NFL coaches think of the senior ball. Supposedly the senior ball this year is like the best senior ball. Thought I saw McShay best. He's been doing it for 23 years and this is the most talent he has ever seen of all these guys who are, are playing, which is pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. So, you know, he's got that Dolphins training staff or the Dolphins coaching staff who didn't have a coordinator. And so we were trying to watch last year's offense and seeing what they were doing. And I see why they didn't have a coordinator at the end of the season. It was, it felt <laughs> sloppy to me. Yeah. It felt sloppy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and it can get sloppy on those fields sometimes down in South Florida, but it, it did feel sloppy. And, um, and, and so that was a challenge too, of like what type of offense you're going to be in, but there are certain aspects of the game and throwing and fundamentals that are good in every offense and are, are needed and kids have the ability to do them, um, to, to, in my opinion, to sort of take that next step. And, um, the kid, kid's got some real possibilities. He picks things up fast and, and, and he can change his body and his speed a little bit. And, and he's a strong athlete. So he's a lacrosse player. I was a basketball player. It's sort of like, if you think about quarterbacks as different positions, mm-hmm. that's to me when you really think about what the style they are, right? So I, I, I think Pat Mahomes is a good high school basketball player. Not surprising. Probably a really good baseball player too. Not, you, you find me a great basketball player. That's a great baseball player. I'll make you a quarterback. Give me a couple. <laughs> of yeah, well, uh, Patrick Mahomes has that shortstop throw where he can contort his body in all sorts of freakish ways. I I love and that. Some, by the um, way, somewhere, sometimes that's where I think Ian struggles a little bit is he doesn't have all he can't make all those just sort of weird mm-hmm. sidearm. He can do some, but not as much. And it's nice to be able to have those types of things where you ditch it out to the right or you sort of throw it behind somebody or your feet aren't perfect. Um, and I think that's actually an important aspect. If you can do it accurately all the best. It's hard to do it. Like Drew Brees doesn't do that great either, but he's so accurate on all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had to have that, you know, per se, but yeah, the stuff that that Mahomes kid does is it's like watching Jordan play 
you know, probably <laughs> when he, yeah. for, or not, or not Dr. J. It's almost like, oh my God, here's a guy who's literally playing above the rim and up and under and, and it changed the way you thought of basketball mm-hmm. at that point. And I think Mahomes is probably doing that at the quarterback position more than any of the other, you know, quote unquote, athletic throwers. Like Michael Vick was an insane athlete and he had a cannon for an arm and he could be, but he, it wasn't as loose. He was very sort of uh, almost m- m- machine-like in his mm-hmm. drop and his things, right? He was very w- well coached and didn't necessarily freelance while throwing the football. Mahomes does all that. It's pretty magical. It sort of reminds me of, uh, of, the, of the shooter for Golden State a little bit. Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. Yeah. There's an aspect where there's a similarity there. I mean, it's about having a dad who's a professional athlete or something, but there's something there, a looseness that he plays with that you really can't coach. There's creativity, I think, is like the thing that goes beyond what we can teach athletes to do is like there's something natural. There's a backyard element. Randy Moss is like this. There's like a backyard part of Randy Moss that you just can't teach Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, guys like that, um, that Patrick Mahomes brings to the quarterback position. And we've never really seen someone that creative at the quarterback position before. I did want to ask you, um, I know that I'm sure Vikings fans wheels are turning about Ian book of like middle rounds or whatever, but you and I had some good discussions last year at the combine with people about college quarterbacks and how much they have to learn before they go to the NFL. And I've talked a little bit on the show about just if the Vikings could draft a quarterback with some ceiling, some potential and sit him behind Kirk cousins, that that's a a great plan because usually rookies have so far to go. I'm just wondering from you training some of these college guys, like what is the gap there that they have to close from college offenses to the NFL? Like where is the biggest area it's tough for them? I think understand the fine details of the game, the ability to anticipate. Uh, I think it's more of a see and throw it in the college game and less of that in the pro game. The defenses are just too good. They're too fast. And they understand themselves really well. College defense, I don't think they understand themselves that well, right? The defenses, they know their weaknesses. And so they know what offenses like to do to try to attack them. And they just, from years of repetitions, they get, they respond faster. So the game gets quicker and, and that, and even Ian said the biggest difference he sees when he watches film is that the quarterback maybe gets one hitch. Sometimes yes. really takes five steps and throws the ball and gets run into afterwards or even hit <laughs> right. hard. And right. it's a guy that's actually being blocked, mm-hmm. you know, so to, to get the ball out fast and to throw from a really small space, that is the difference. It, it really is. Um, by the way, part of, not to jump back to Mahomes, but part of his creativity is the fact that Andy Reid has always been one of the best O-line coaches in the league. I know he's not coaching them all the time in every drill and everything, but going back to Philly, McNabb had some really good offensive lines, well-coached guys. Uh, they knew how to use that. Like he's always, and Mahomes has that. And then he gets to have, you know, he doesn't have some like terrible line. You know, they're just well-coached. And there's just, as you know, over the years, they're just, better coach lines than others, in my opinion, and ones that allow the quarterbacks to have a little bit more time. So it's a, it's a sort of a scary combination down there uh, that Patrick Mahomes has. I don't know if you put Mahomes on a, the Jets team, if the Jets are going to win more than maybe seven or eight games. I don't know. It seems to be a bad football team. So there's only so much a great player can do. But anyway, yeah, Ian Book is one of the things says is the, 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 the quickness you have to get the ball out in the NFL is that's the biggest difference. 
So I want to talk about some other quarterbacks with you too, because this off season is bananas already. Like the Super Bowl hasn't even been played and already we've got rumors that Jared Goff could be traded. Uh, Matt Stafford agreeing to be traded. Sean Watson wants out. So I want your opinion on the Deshaun Watson things. It's really interesting to me of a guy just saying, you know what, this organization not great. So why don't you just send me somewhere else? It kind of reminds me of what Carson Palmer did years ago, where he said, I'm just going to straight up retire if you don't trade me away. And eventually it worked out for Carson Palmer to end up in Arizona and have another shot at it. But Deshaun Watson is 25 years old, Sage. And Vikings fans are tweeting me every day. Like, is there any way? Like, no, not really. But I did see a report today that the Chicago Bears want to... Uh, investigate the possibilities of trying to bring in Deshaun Watson, which should terrify everyone because I know that their team only won a couple of games this year, but he was incredible. Every time I saw him, he was like the whole team on one player's shoulders. And I think wherever he lands, that franchise is instantly changed. If Deshaun Watson can get out of the Houston Texans, and we can dive into my former teams and the, you know, Washington franchise and then the Miami franchise and then Houston now, which is seem is there a bigger uh, dumpster fire than Houston currently in the NFL? They've taken the I don't even, the I don't even know about the, the players. Lead. It just sort of seems like, holy cow. It's like, I'm hearing these things about these various executives and life coaches that are executives and all these, and the whole thing seems no, it's not good. It's a, one of my normal teams, Kubiak. It, it was it was a quality work environment when I was there with Gary Kubiak and Rick Smith, and it seems it has just fallen off the thing. And as you were talking, I thought to myself, what if Carson Palmer could have gotten out of gotten out of uh, Cincinnati at, at year five? Yeah, yeah. Right at year four. Right. Would he have been at the end of the day happier going to a team? with better coaches, better talent, just better organization, I would say, yes, he wishes he would have done that. I promise you, you don't, it's hard, very, very hard to win in Cincinnati. It's now really hard to win. It seems like to me in Houston, get out of there and go find somewhere else. And as a, another franchise, I seems like to me, he's a pretty transcendent player. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see him in an offense that where he didn't have to be Superman, like literally Superman. I think if I've watched football the last few years, who I think has to do the most, it seems to be him Mm -hmm. to make that ship go. And it would be amazing to see him in. Can you imagine him in San Francisco? I know. I know. know, Jimmy Garoppolo brought him to the Super Bowl, right? And then. What could Deshaun Watson do? No offense to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? What, what would he be like with Sean McVay? No offense to Jared Goff, right? Could, could a trade be in there with one of those quarterbacks with a first rounder? So at least the other team now has a quarterback and, and maybe an inexpensive quarterback, right? And you take some of that. I think Deshaun Watson probably would, would take a pay cut to get out of that situation. Um, and he should. Uh, I don't know if Chicago is the answer. I think they're going to, you know, they didn't know how to use Trubisky correctly. Right. Why would they know how to use this guy correctly? They figured it out right Um, at the end. He would be better. He would be better. But Trubisky was running around all that time. And when they had more of a pocket passer in there, it was a disaster 
uh, with uh, with Nick Foles this year. It was not good. They won a couple of games, but it was sort of like lucky. It was that mm-hmm. the Nick Foles magic that occasionally comes out one out of three or one out of four <laughs> right. times. And uh, so I don't, if I were him, I wouldn't want to go to Chicago. They've been a losing franchise for the, for the last 20 plus years. Not all the time, but more often than not. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have been winning, I would say average to winning franchises. Uh, and a couple of really good years, a couple championship games in, in the last 20 years. So it's not, it's the cupboard's never bare in Minnesota. It hasn't right. been, I don't think, for a long time. Um, that would be a better place from playing indoors. Mm, yeah. You find, I don't know, I, I, I did a football camp a couple of years ago with Clint Kubiak. I thought he was great. I, the, the, the greatness of his dad uh, and the, the ability to communicate with his dad was so evident. I watched him install West Coast plays, just install two or three plays. And to watch him do that and to sit in the back of this room with a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds um, was really something else for me. And to see the clear precision and the the conciseness of what we're working and how we're working it and what the read is, um, I think he'd be an excellent offensive coordinator. Mm. Not a rah-rah guy, he is very young. But uh, I know a good communicator when I see one. I also know a guy who doesn't have some big ego. And ego is the cause of death for, for offensive coaches. <laughs> ego is, I know everything. I know everything. And the, the good ones go, I don't know everything. Because this is a, an evolving game that just keeps getting more and more advanced. And, and, uh, and those are the good ones, the humble ones. And I think he'd be a coordinator maybe someday somewhere. So... I don't know. Minnesota would be a better spot for me uh, than, than Chicago. I imagine it's two first round draft picks is what everyone's saying. Um, and probably, probably change to go along with that. Probably more. Right. I mean, the Texans because- are going to, are going to, it would be interesting. There's these teams like Miami that have a quarterback mm-hmm. that some other franchise can say, Hey, let's rally rally around Tua." then maybe it just, you know, we, now we have, I think, I think two is going to be a good player. I really do. Hmm. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think Watson already is a great player. Like that's the thing right. that you have. Well, guy, he could be a really good player or, you know, this guy could be a great player. I'd like to see uh, Tua in um, with the saints. That to me is super intriguing because I think he has those Drew Brees properties. He has that accuracy and, and mm-hmm. sort of anticipation. He's a sort of a better athlete, the way he sort of moves and runs around. He's not a tall guy. Uh, he does have great vision for a shorter guy. I think he'd be a guy that could probably do well in Sean Payton's offense. You know what I've started looking for when I watch things on tape is just when a quarterback has easy answers and when they don't. So like watching Lamar Jackson's passing game in Baltimore in the playoffs, it's like, man, the guy just never has like a little crossing route where he throws it five yards and the guy runs for 30, right? It's always drop back and stand there and let these routes develop. And and like, is that right for Lamar Jackson? I don't know. And then he's got to run and take off. And there were times last year on third downs and things. I I thought the same for Kirk cousins. Like, are we giving him (laughs) enough easy answers with some of the short stuff that maybe, um, you know, you see McVay and Shanahan who have built on Kubiak's offense, giving those, those screen passes and those quick throws and Buffalo does this a ton for Josh Allen. Now is 
luck ran out when he faced the chiefs eventually, but um, you know, a lot of easy answers for him, even though he's got this mega bazooka, it's like a lot of times you'll see teams say, well, you're really talented. So let's make, you know, let's do really hard things for you. And they kind of miss the forest through the trees there. And I think, I think that's been the case with Deshaun Watson. Even it's, when I was, hold on. It's, it's always, if you took the mindset of how can we make it easy on our quarterback in a sense of making his life easier and then all the aspects that go into it, right? Make it easy on somebody very talented in a sense. And then when they, when you need them to elevate, they can mm-hmm. elevate it. Yeah. Don't make it hard from on first down, get the ball out. Don't make it. Right. I've, I've said for years, the hardest thing to do offensively in the national football league is drop back pass. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, um, the, the complexity of defenses, but really the time because the defensive line is so fast. So anything you can do that's not a regular drop back, seven steps, shotgun, five steps, somebody's 20 yards down the field, the fewer of those you can call in the game, generally you have more overall success. Mm-hmm. And, um, and getting the ball out is huge. Getting completions of five, six, seven, and making things easier on third down it's all, all huge. And, and I, I do think the, the future coaches are finally understanding that, you know, gain the ball out. Also, you know, with, the, with that style of offense, they have, they have a smaller offensive lines, mm-hmm. yeah. right. You know, I was with Chris Myers, an old name um, as my center in Houston, he was like 285, <laughs> six foot two, three, probably six, three, but, but he could really move and it was very quick and made, and made to the pro bowl. But those guys generally struggle in like one-on-one pass situations with a 340-pound nose tackle that can move, right? And that is the challenge with the offense. So they they started going, okay, quick screens or being a really good screen team. Get the, get the, you get those big guys out running. So mm-hmm. that's another good thing. Yep. It was all aspects of uh, making offense. I mean, guys that can run and move, but that is hard to do in the drop-back pass. And it seemed like that's what they were doing a lot of uh, in Houston the last couple of years with their quarterback. You know, he's just in that pocket and life was always hard for him. Yeah. And with the Vikings, I think they were getting themselves down in games and putting themselves into dropback situations in part because they were conservative early in games and their defense couldn't bail them out from doing that. So if you punt a couple times in the first half, you punt three times the first half, like odds are when you have the 29th ranked defense, the other team's going to score a couple times. Like they didn't really shift their mentality to, we have to be aggressive right off the beginning. And then, you know, kind of play from there. It was get behind. And then, Oh, now we've got to be aggressive, which means, taking sacks, making mistakes, turnovers, things like that. When you're forced into the drop, would you say, would you say it's generally it's because generally what they're doing is protecting their quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I I think never, they never want to right? that. that, That's just generally all the things we talk about with their quarterback because they're trying to protect him. Um, and that is trying to get the ball out quick and trying to do screens. And obviously the running game bootlegs are much easier than drop back pass play action is much easier than drop back pass. He's got to have a good running game. He's got to have a good defense. He's got to have good receivers. He's got to have this. He's got to have this. I don't even know what the quarterback has in Houston. I don't even know what the <laughs> running back is. I really don't know what David the Johnson are. I don't know where the offensive linemen are. Right. Uh, I know they, they traded too much for left tackle one time for Miami or something. Yeah. They screwed that deal up, but I don't know. And, but no one's going like, what can we, people should be trying to get D- Deshaun Watson, Adam Thielen and, mm-hmm. and Jefferson and uh, this running back 
I mean, I just imagine what he could do. It would be so much easier on this kid. And when the coach called a play and the left guard got beat, oh my God, he just ran for 20 yards or made a <laughs> right, great throw right. and bought time. Right. And we're not put, putting on third and 18 after that sack. And the, the difference in that, it does not, I don't know where you find it in some statistical category in some analytical algorithm. I don't know what that is but it is a complete game changer. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's completely changed that franchise in Kansas city. And I think whoever gets to Sean Watson, it could, I think with the right coaching, um, it can, it could completely change. And they got, they got to have good players, get him some really good players and make, and, 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 you know, and it, it, I, 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 he, I think the world of this kid, I really do. And I'm sure it's going to struggle down there in Houston because I have not enjoyed watching them play football at all. Oh, I know. I mean, even when they played the Vikings, it was kind of hideous to watch. And he still had them within a drop pass in the end zone of maybe tying up that game against the Vikings when they came back. But their offense was let's run inside zone out of the shotgun with a running back who is completely shot and just put Watson in the toughest spots and ask him to basically wiggle his way out of it. And I I've thought Sage now, I mean, I don't think that a, there's a realistic trade you can even make up with your brain that gets him to Minnesota. Um, but, but let's just say, I think the Vikings go instantly to a Super Bowl contender. If Deshaun Watson is their quarterback. I think they're the second best team in the NFC North immediately. All right. Looks like Detroit's starting over. Yeah. Chicago's yeah. still trying to figure some things out. Yeah. Green Bay is, but they're a playoff team and they are, um, I'd like to see it. It'd be, it'd be awesome if it was like he would came to Minnesota. I'm not sure who the coordinator is going to be. I don't know the whole situation, but uh, if he was in that right offense and to give it two, three, four years, I, I, yeah, I think he can be on one of those teams. They got They'd have to put a heck of a, get some good drafts. Uh, right. And get some good, decent free agents and figure out the cap stuff and whatever. But, um, you know, they've spent a lot of money over the last three or four years trying to get this thing to where it's not going to happen with, with the current uh, situation up there quarterback wise. And so, yes, this this guy, imagine Deshaun Watson on that team with Case Keenum at quarterback. <laughs> Just imagine what this kid, uh, could, you, you know, you got to think that they're in the Super Bowl that year. I think he's that type of player. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course they would need to improve on the defensive side and, you know, there's a couple other things that they would need to do, but uh, with the NFC really in flux. And I wanted to ask you about this too. Um, you know, well, I think, Drew Brees is going to be gone. Right. Tom Brady's got, you know, I don't know. He could play forever, but one's done. It's the same. It's a perennial powerhouse. They're going to, mm-hmm. they're done. And that's the game. I can see Sean Payton being one of those coaches, by the way, I can see him going, I ain't getting any younger and giving up a couple whatever and get hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, Priceline. Uh, that quarterback, I can see that because he sort of d- does what he wants there. And he knows mm-hmm. it'd be a heck of a lot easier getting to the Super Bowl and not completely starting over in that situation as well after Breeze is gone. And Jameis Winston ain't going to be the answer. <laughs> right. There, right. So um, he's one of those guys that, that intrigues me. 
want to remind you about our friends at Soda Stick. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping at SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. There's so many great designs, including Chuck Foreman's Spin Doctor shirts, Skull Hats, Straight Cash Homie shirts, and much, much more. And if you are a hockey fan without getting going soon or a basketball fan, make sure you check out all sorts of great designs. Their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on Super Soft super comfy shirts and hoodies you will love it that's sodastick.com s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com original minnesota sports inspired goods code purple insider for free shipping Uh, the nfc is suddenly like super wide open and i just wondered about from your perspective there's quarterbacks who are playing including one in the super bowl where you were playing when these guys were playing Philip Rivers, Drew Brees. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is being talked about as, as leaving Aaron Rodgers, And now it's like, we're, I mean, Rogers, who knows, I assume he's going to continue to play for the Packers and it's all just a little bit classic Rogers drama or his push for a new contract. But um, it's really interesting to me as having these quarterbacks who have been successful for such a long time, basically my entire adult life and even dating back to your career. And now we're getting to like the very end here. I mean, it must be kind of weird. It's so weird. And as somebody who started my career and and played against, and, you know, maybe even with a lot of these guys, I mean, me having every time the combine comes up, I'm remembering things that happened at my combine, right? I remember sitting at like a, a table having lunch and it's like two yas of Sopo, Breeze. I think it was like <laughs> Matt Light who played the Patriots for a long time, yeah. which Breeze's left tackle and just other guys and going out and throwing. And then, you know, then everyone gets drafted and there's a rookie symposium and there's a card shoot thing and getting to spend time with these guys, charity events over that time. But also like watching, you know, I was in Miami. So I saw the beginning of the Tom Brady thing. My first year in Miami, they won it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went it. They, no, they, they, they won it the year before or something like that. Um, and it was just, it's something else to then you know, have to compete against that guy twice a year, eight times in four years and watch, watch him do his magic at the end of games. And our defense was good. And they were coached so well. And just but to see this whole thing. It's interesting, by the way, you see the picture of him when he like came out, how fat his face was <laughs> his rookie year. Yes. So like we talk about health and stuff and I'm not, I don't want to get uh, a controversial, but like when I was coming out, it was about gaining weight, right? Which mm. was like drinking these probably heavy dairy. It was creatine, probably a lot of protein shakes. Um, you know, uh, uh, you were doing anything you can and you'd see these guys sort of you see it like with high school offensive linemen something they sort of ballooned up in a way mm-hmm. yeah and now he's 43 and he's like the healthiest person of course you can afford to be which is nice right. right but um but still athletically playing at such a high level um it's it's just incredible to watch his transformation and i got a couple little tom brady stories which is which is sort of cool i don't have anything pat mahomes he's the, these young guys it's a whole different ball game and um you know, at least Steinberg was his agent or still is his agent. So I, I know Lee a little bit, but uh, you'd think I live in Omaha. I'd, I'd need to get down there and find, do a little Pat Mahomes quarterback collective camp or something like that. I've thought about that. So well, we tried last year to go see him and we got Matt Moore, although which for you and I, 
lovers of the journeyman quarterback, it was pretty rewarding to see Matt Moore balling against the uh, Vikings and leading a comeback win. But I sort of feel <laughs> like you should write a book about the journeyman quarterback. You I should. I think That's, it'd be something be you'd the probably enjoy, or it's like a podcast series. And because the, the stories of journeyman quarterbacks are just incredible because you're just, you're bouncing around the people you meet, you're right on the edge of like the super famous people, you know, so you're sort of like, people really care about, you know, the head coach and all these things, right? I mean, it's just, then you're just sort of like, you're just, just on the outside of it. And then when you play, you got to play well, you know, last around a while, but yeah, just the, all the games and the stories and the people and, and everyone, and they all have them. And then they have, Odd after football lives, Every it seems time. like. Every time. From our podcast. It's one of the most fun things that we that I get to do is sort of like, it's like talking about the life of the journeyman quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they're just, every single one is completely, it's, it's not going to be an accountant for a big financial firm downtown. It's it's not that. It is quite the, the odd life. So, um, I mean, you must have loved, and I did too, the idea of Josh McCown soon being an NFL head coach is like, of course it's classic. It has to be there. At some point, the whole league will be journeyman quarterbacks as head coaches. <laughs> Josh McCown is it's like the Steve Kerr of like, well, of course this, yeah, he was a good shooter and a, he was already a coach. Now let's, this is what he's been doing for the, probably the last 10 years of his career. And it was honestly, I think part of that was what everyone loves about Josh McCown, I think is, is like his lack of big ego. Mm-hmm. And every time he was a backup, he was like the best backup you can be. Right. He was supportive. He was over there trying to teach. He was another coach. So he, in a sense, and he was sort of this backup starter for his whole career, even was out of football for a while. Then the bears like signed him at the end of the year. Um, but I, I think all of that always in that positive, what can I do? What can I do? And mm-hmm. I think that to me, why people like Josh McCown is uh, there's never any uh, uh, issues with him. Is he, is he, I, I imagine being a coach is completely different than being a player. All right. I've never sat there and just grinded on film for hours on end. And you're sort of, your entire life now is this honey and the kids. I'm not going to be coaching. I'm not going to be at the things. I'm not going to be at the, I'm, a, I'm in a hotel room on a Friday night in Buffalo, <laughs> you know, uh, getting the team you had ready to pick Buffalo night or whatever, whatever it might be. <laughs> I'm not there. The kids. Yeah. It's a life changer. And for, mm-hmm. for someone who didn't do that, I'm happy to, cause I get to, I, I don't miss a lot of my kids events and these things. I get to do so much and I get to explore and travel and explore the world and try different things that I'm happy. I, I didn't get into that world right away and probably never will but he wants back into that thing it is a it's a crazy circus it is a crazy circus and i don't even know i don't know how a player could be so immediately ready to be ahead i mean who's he gonna hire that's a whole other thing right but i mean it would be something else it would be something else so that but he is that was the only thing just the texans right i really can't believe they didn't hire the enemy i know i mean at this point i can't believe i just figured they're the last ones. The enemies in the Super Bowl. Everyone thought he should have got a job last year. And then he didn't get the job. It's like, why'd you wait? All of a sudden? <laughs> right, right. You could have hired that guy two weeks ago or a month I ago. Mean, or if you're going to have a coaching hire blow up, it might as well be the guy who is working with the best team for years and the best or one of the best coaches. So in I'm going to hire the passing game coordinator for a team that the worst thing they do is passing. The football. <laughs> yeah. Well, and not hire the guy who's the coordinator for the team that does 
probably the best job of anybody at doing everything. Um, it was, it, you know, he's got a great player, but come on, you know, like Phil Jackson had, had, had Jordan Pippen, but he was still a hell of a coach when he went right. to Lakers and, you know, but you know, and certain guys know how to do really well when they've got a special player. And uh, one of those Andy Reid. So um, I know you got to go speaking of doing things for your kids. Um, but let me ask you this, the Super Bowl, it's coming. And what a quarterback matchup. It doesn't get any better than this. And I want to remind you of something, by the way, when we were on the air together after last year's Super Bowl, I asked you, all right, Sage, who's playing in the Super Bowl next year? And you said, whoever Tom Brady plays for or Mahomes. And uh, the answer is both because we didn't know. That I said was, that. Yeah, that's what you said. Because I remember it like that was your take. It was like whoever Tom Brady plays for is in the Super Bowl. And I think you said, you know, you'll bet against them, you know, when he's wearing a, a jacket in a booth doing broadcasting or something. I mean, which good call. No surprise. He's back uh, in the Super Bowl. But what do you make of it? Death taxes and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's amazing. Know? And for all those who pay their half, their only half of their taxes out there, that's that's your percentage of Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> if you get there half the time, right. incredible. I for so it's the greatest of all time versus the greatest of today. Right. That's what we've got. Yeah. We've got the greatest current quarterback in the NFL playing against the greatest all-time quarterback in the NFL. That's a fact. And I for one, and I can't say I've ever like rooted for really Tom Brady before. I don't think so. I think I always was sort of rooting for the other team, you know. But I for one am rooting for him. Because I think it would be even to watch Mah- to watch Mahomes have to see that, right? To have to see like what the greatest is and go like maybe go chase it, mm-hmm. right? In his yeah. in his life and everything, um, that would be amazing. And I don't know if he'll go out and, and retire, but um, I and Bruce Arians. That's another thing, Bruce Arians, right? It just seems I don't know him at all. Um, I know he created an offense I thought would fit Tom Brady. They don't do boots and stuff. They're a vertical passing team, mm-hmm. but they, so they do the types of runs that match up with his type of play action, which is more like in the pocket. Yeah. Um, they've done a great job with that football team. They've got some really good players and I'm happy for Bruce Aaron. Seemed like always a really well-liked coach from the, like the quarterbacks, you know, one of those old quarterback guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sort of rooting for him as well uh, in this thing. I think, I think Kansas city, unless Mahomes gets hurt, I think they're going to have, some more runs at this thing. Uh, he, Mahomes is so good. And I think Andy Reid's going to coach for a little bit longer. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I will say that um, having spent a lot of my life in Buffalo, it's hard to root for Tom Brady to win anything because everybody there just had to suffer right. Tom Brady. Like you mentioned with being with the dolphins, it was just like, well, you start at second place as where yeah. you uh, begin the year. But so in, fo- in football fanaticism, it goes from, it goes from jealousy to hate and then from hate to acceptance and acceptance to respect. And at this point, at this point, I am like that. I am, I am 42. Yeah. I probably need left shoulder surgery, by the way. It's another conversation, but um, <laughs> the fact that he is doing with, with the way he can still play at the highest level and his decision-making and accuracy and his leadership, how the team and how he picked the right spot unbelievable really is incredible uh earlier this summer i was having a little bit of like lower back issues i was like how old is tom brady like eight years older than me that's you know whatever not not from this 
planet. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think I always love, and maybe this is because like in the peak of my childhood, watching a football, John Elway retired after winning the super bowl, but I love that when that happens, I, I loved it when Peyton Manning did it. And if Brady does it wins the super bowl walks off into the sunset, I mean, it'll just be one of the coolest stories. And the fact that he's been able to do it away from Belichick also just sort of adds to the right, right. Majesty that, of Tom Brady. Then you go, how much did I not like Tom Brady? Because I didn't like Bill Belichick. <laughs> and then you start, right you know what i mean like it's it's like not liking a couple and you didn't and then now now it's it's a year later and you go okay actually i think i think this one was more of the problem it was brady yeah i think that's right <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe you know so um that's sort of cool too it is cool you know yeah. to, to see him win and you know that's that was always going to be a conversation i i still think belichick's probably the greatest coach of all time i do um, and, and I think Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, but I, but I do think that, uh, this whole thing has shown that like Brady is the greatest quarterback. He did it without, that's crazy. I mean, Favre was amazing. What, what we, what he did in Minnesota, I got to watch that whole thing. That's the only thing I can really, um, compare it to. So Favre showed up in the middle of training camp, which is wild. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Brady was throwing practices, you know, so I am happy for him. I hope that, I hope they win the game. Uh, Sage, this was really fun to get back together. It had been a while since you and I had recorded any of our conversations. Um, and quite a few people reached out and said, Hey, when is Sage coming back to the podcast? So I'm really glad that you could jump on and that, uh, you had a good relaxing season, not having to study the left guard play, which by the way, Jeremiah Searle started calling the Winnebago, um, just because it was an eyesore all year long. So <laughs> that's an Iowa company. What's wrong with the Winnebago? Uh, nothing. I'm sure it's a great vehicle, but, um, it's not a Corvette when you look at it. So, um, anyway, it, well. it, 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 you know, said that the, uh, I didn't have a, you know, when you, when you do some radio stuff like I do or write some articles, like I used to, uh, the, the added value of being able to go to football games, get a media mm -hmm. pass, yeah. go in the locker rooms. When you don't get that, it's not nearly as fun as it, as it used to be. So, um, I do enjoy going on your show. We'll have to do it more often. I'm gonna try to take a look at some of these college quarterbacks, of course, and and look look at them and see what they're thinking. But you know, I don't know what the Vikings are gonna do at quarterback. You know, I don't think. Uh, um, I, I think we're still gonna sit at the Super Bowls that we attempts that they the Vikings have, and it's gonna be a while until there's somebody else. That's just how I feel. Well, um, and, uh, I think it was last year, maybe I sent you a bunch of quarterbacks and we broke them down. So I hope that uh, we can do something like that. Yeah. Again. But yeah. We'll definitely get together and have some fun. So this was, this was great, man. I'm glad we could get together. All right. Sounds good.